Action Park Media. Rise and shine and give God that glory, glory. Rise and shine and give God that glory, glory. Rise and shine and give God that glory, glory. Something, something of the Lord. Okay, that's the intro you're getting because we have failed to come up with an intro still. So maybe every time we'll just do a different song. I don't know. Welcome back to the morning after. It was Easter over the weekend. And what a holiday that is. I forget how much I love Easter. You know, we kept it pretty casual for the for the holiday, but it was still just fun to be with family or our California family more so because neither of our families are here. But it was just a good weekend. Did you have a good Easter? I was in Palm Beach for Easter and God. that is Palm Beach and Easter go hand in hand. Oh yeah. What's the weather like down there right now? Hot. I was hell. about to say, it's gotta be so hot. I will say though, my brother sent me a video um, of his little daughter doing an Easter egg hunt in the snow in uh, Buffalo. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so sorry. Feel for you. Um, and she, the video at the end, she goes, my hands are cold. Oh. <laughs> She's reaching in the snow for the eggs. Um, and I think Michigan actually just got hit with some snow yesterday. Hank sent me a text because we're heading there this week. He's like, just teeing up the weather for you. You know, it's gonna be real nice. But no snow in California. It was great weather for uh, Easter and all the hunts and everything. Did you see in the news about the high school with all of these brain tumors? happening. Okay. So it's in New Jersey. I want to get it right. So uh, it's Colonia High School in New Jersey. So there was a guy and his wife who both went to that high school. They graduated between 89 and 95 that both had acoustic neuromas, which is what I had, brain tumors. And then his sister died of brain cancer. So he got on Facebook and was like, is anybody else alumni having these symptoms from this high school? And over a hundred faculty and students from that time frame have had diagnosis of brain tumors or brain cancer. What? How crazy is How that? Did- so now they're like going they're like going through the school making like rad- seeing if it's got, you know, radiation and things of that nature. But so sad, but more than a hundred alumni and faculty of that time frame. It's like it it gives you chills. You know, I think acoustic neuromas as being rare um, when I had it and people come out of the woodworks, they don't feel as rare when you're you're verbal about it or you're in the public about it because people will say, well, I have it. This person has it. My friend has it. But to have a husband and wife who both have an acoustic neuroma is wild. And then um, the guy actually lost his sister to brain cancer. So, and accusing neuroma is not, it's benign. It's not cancerous. But to have over a hundred people diagnosed with stuff like that from the same high school. That's a huge number. Crazy. So they're doing the whole, like, I'll keep you guys updated, but the um, they're, you know, monitoring the school and searching for the radiation and seeing, you know, what they were exposed to. But I thought that was just baffling. Like, I, I couldn't believe it, especially like husband and wife to have the same thing when it's told to be rare and then you find out a hundred of your people you went to high school with have it. I mean, it's crazy. So I'll, I'm going to keep tabs on that. Okay. So Coachella is a big thing here. Is it just big in California or is it big all around? It's become pretty big across the country. I feel like a lot of people fly in for it. Does Revolve throw the whole thing? <laughs> so Revolve has, it started, I think Revolve had a party every year. Uh-huh. And, At Coachella. Yeah. And now I think they've turned their party into somewhat of a mini festival. Have you been hearing the stuff about the Revolve Festival? Yes. Apparently it was like Fire Festival 2.0. 
I've heard not great things. And that's what I was asking. So supposedly there's like no shade and it's in the desert. People can't get into these parties. You know, people go hoping they can, I guess, get it. I've never been, so I don't really know what it's like, but we were invited to do uh, the Revolve House or whatever the hell that is. Not we were invited. Matthew was invited to do it and I was just going to go with him. But I looked at him and I was like, I think it's like a thing. Like you got to like dress and like, I don't know if it's our cup of tea. I looked at the pictures. It would not have been our cup of tea. I also heard the stories and he would have been absolutely miserable. I guess it was blazing hot, no shade, no refreshments, um, unless you were a guest at a party, which the parties were really hard to get into. So, I mean, I guess some like self, you know, you got to take part of it on yourself because you showed up knowing you weren't possibly going to get into these parties and you did it anyways. But at the same time, like there needs to be some umbrellas or something around that you can stand under. Also, like the bus situation was wild. I guess there weren't enough buses to... I mean, everything I've heard about Coachella... Listen, I... What have you heard? I hope that everybody who goes... I genuinely don't want to like yuck people's yums and be a hater. I hope everyone who's into Coachella has a fabulous time. It's something that I've never in my lifetime wanted to do because um, apparently it takes like hours and hours and hours to get to Palm Springs that weekend because of Coachella. So you're in traffic the whole time. You can't get Ubers. There's no cell service. You What? Yeah, because you know when you're at a festival and like it's too like over-concentrated the area. So so nobody's phones work and you get, you're in these giant crowds. The Revolve Festival and these parties are apparently, I found this out yesterday actually, they're like 45 minutes from the actual Coachella Festival. So like people who are into music festivals for the real like music factor go to To Coachella. Yeah. And now it's turned into an influencer CNBC take all your content event and they're at parties 45 minutes away. It's it seems honestly, it seems just like it's like work. Like people aren't going to enjoy it. People are going to work. Correct. Like the influencers and all that. Like, ugh. Like how many pictures can you take? Did you see what I posted on my story yesterday? No. It was uh, what was it? Someone said that Coachella is the influencer Olympics. I mean, it's right. <laughs> I mean, how wild can you get with the outfits? How wild can you get with the poses? What do you stand? standing on. I mean, I I don't know. Thank goodness. Matthew asked me about it. I was like, I think it's like a festival. I'm not all sure. And then, you know, yesterday we were looking at it and he was like, oh my God, thank God we didn't go. It's just not our, uh, not our thing, but I'm sure it's other people's things, just not ours. So prayers to the people going to Coachella. Isn't it a two week thing? Wait, wait, what's this weekend? Isn't there a festival this weekend? It's the second round of Coachella. Which is it stagecoach? No, it's weekend two Coachella. So they do weekend one, weekend two. And then I think stagecoach is after that. I've actually heard stagecoach is incredible, but I'm a country music girl. So I'm I feel a, like so we're going to that. You are. Matthew and I are going to go to stagecoach for one day. Oh, I'm sure. Thank God you just said it's not Coachella because I was literally about to be like, eh, we're not going. No, I heard it's very different. Oh yeah. Cause we're going to Michigan this weekend. Yeah. So we're pumped about that. We're just going to go enjoy some country music. We love country music. So hopefully the festival is, you know, not, I don't know, blazing hot. I'm sure it's going to be, but that's fine. Just wear tanks and shorts and hydrate and and just stick some toilet paper under your tits so the sweat doesn't come through and we'll all be good. All right. So I'm going to talk about a little bit. We went to Newport, which Matthew and I for off seasons used to go to Newport before we moved to California. Newport is in California. Um, We would just go for like a month to get out of the weather for a little bit in Detroit. We went back there this past weekend or Thursday and Friday and honestly forgot how much we love it there. Like the pace of life 
life. People don't give a shit down there. Your blood pressure, your heart rate, everything just drops when you're in that area. I don't know what it is. I mean, you can see the ocean, which is amazing. And I don't, I don't know. It's just, everyone's just like calmer. It's pristine. Everything's brand new down there kind of. But for people who are listening, if you don't know what Newport Beach is, if you've ever watched either the show Laguna Beach or you've watched the OC growing up, that is where this is. Yeah. With that point, it doesn't have the, the drama the drama that those shows have. It is very laid back. So we went there with some friends. We um, hit all the spots that we love around there. Mastro's, A Restaurant, which is not a restaurant. It's called A Restaurant, which is a mind fuck when you're trying to Google it. But literally, it's called A Restaurant. And then um, the deck, which is right on the beach for lunch. I mean, it was so, so nice to get there. But I wanted to um, talk about Mastro's real quick. So Mastro's, obviously, it's a, it's a chain. A lot of people, places have Mastro's, but this Mastro's is right at the bottom of our neighborhood. So it is so easy to get to, and it is always a good scene. Like, it is fun to go there and just people watch. And I'm not saying, like, celebrities walk in. They do, but not that. Just the clientele that that place brings in. So we have a table there that we always love. It's right in front of the piano. And uh, side note on the singers, they're the most incredible singers I've ever— Like, I don't understand how they're not selling— gold albums or whatever the fuck that what is that uh platinum, like going platinum. Platinum, platinum whatever they are um, and i took videos so i could show you guys every time we go there the singer is unreal i've never noticed the singers at mastro's now i need to pay attention well this one especially no, i don't the, know about oh, the other ones the one in newport is probably the one i've been to the most oh my gosh it's I, if i was a music producer i'd just go sit at the bar at mastro's and just wait for the next talent to walk in f the voice and american idol these people at mastro's are incredible it's so uh, i'm gonna post a video of uh, the two girls that were singing but yeah it's always a scene there and um we walked in and there was this old man he was probably 80s great shape he was in great shape he had white hair he had a all white suit on he had prada white sneakers on a pink tie hermes belt hermes bracelets and just having a time right when we walked in so he's the singers are going again. They're incredible. He's dancing when we walk in and I'm like, Oh wow. So we sit down and this is like a normal night. This was a, I think it was a Thursday. Maybe it was a Friday. I can't remember, but it's a normal night at Mashos. Like this is no different than when we walk in on a Tuesday and you know, the past four years. So we expect it. We come in, we see, you know, a bunch, there's a guy that introduces himself. His name's uncle Mike. And I don't know what the hell he was telling us, but he was telling us something. He was probably 60 something and he was up on the dance floor as well, basically eating at the piano, watching the girls, which I felt so uncomfortable for them, but loving, he was loving life and, and loving the, the entertainment that was happening. So we sit down and we're with uh, two of our friends and the guy in the all white turns out, we find out that he is like the high up in nationwide nationwide is on your side. And he comes, well, he tells us he's like, I run an insurance company that insures the top celebrities and athletes and all, whatever life insurance policies, whatever. And he's telling this to our friend who kind of looks like Matthew. And then we realize he thinks that's Matthew. Our friend is Matthew, not Matthew sitting right next to him, but our friend. So then our friend starts milking it, loves to do this shit. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I played pretty good in that Super Bowl. Maybe you can give me a life insurance policy. He's like, yeah, maybe we should do that. And he's like, is this your wife? And points to the girl next to me. And he's like, ah, if she, you know, if she plays her cards right. And I'm like, oh, great. So this guy's gonna, he's like, oh, I know the nationwide guy's like, oh, I know Stan Kroenke, who's our owner. So when he goes, oh, if she plays her cards right, but I don't know, she's tough with the kids and 
I don't know if she's the one. And the girl is like, yeah, I don't really like him anyways. And so and I looked at Matthew, this is great. He's going to go back to Kroenke and be like, yo, your quarterback and his wife have a messed up situation going on. <laughs> like they don't like their kids. They don't like each other. They said they weren't even married yet. Like it's a weird, he's like, maybe it's a different girl. I don't know. So we're giggling at that. And I look, so finally he kind of lets us be for a second, but he, Continues to come and like rub our friend's shoulders that he thinks is Matthew. Oh my oh, god! Just Good like thing it wasn't Matthew. Yeah, it's just like getting in there in a way and like dancing and rubbing his shoulders. And he looks at quote unquote me, who is not me, and says, "Hey, girl," and pulls out like a piece of paper. He's like, "This is my dance card. You're on it." And puts it back in his pocket. He's like, "I'll see you later." And I lost it. First off, how long has he been using that pickup line? Second, it's great. It's a great pickup line. If I have to say it, like that's fantastic. But he's eighty, so he's been using that shit for sixty years. I'm sure he pulled back in the day too. Oh, pulled. He's cute. I mean, he's a cute old man. Like it's you know, I, I well maybe not. I can't really remember him that well. But well, I have. It also clearly worked if he's still using it. Oh, <laughs> still. And he like the way he danced too, guys. I see this is. But he would like stick his hands in his pocket, pull his jacket back, stick his hands in his pocket and like gyrate (laughs) and like look either at my friend who he thought was me or the person singing, making them feel oddly uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable. But again, it is so entertaining if you're not the one that he's looking at and I was not, so I was good with it. But he continued just to come up, come up and his friend who was sitting with him was like, yo, you're talking to the wrong person. And he's like, no, I'm not. He's like, I know who he is. And he was like, okay. Okay. And so I guess our friends went in the next night and the same people were there. We had to leave. We had to come back uh, for Easter with our kids. But he um, came back and told, not them, because he didn't even recognize them at this point. The people next to him, they're like, yeah, we had dinner at the Staffords last night. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I don't I don't even know his name. I think his name might be Mike. They're like, Mike. No, you didn't. But it is always a time he was grabbing every woman that walked by him to dance. I mean, and he's so old that you're like, it's like cute. Like, yeah, not- even the like they'd be with their husbands and they'd walk by and he would grab them. The husbands would be like, yeah, like giggling about it. But it was still very inappropriate. I mean, if he wasn't super old, he would for sure have been escorted out. I'm sure he's been there a million times though. And they're just kind of like, oh, there's old Mike, you know, doing his thing. <laughs> um, but we, we got a good, good giggle of that. And I honestly loved the pickup line. I think I'm going to, well, I don't have anything to pick up, but I'm going to teach some single minute or something because it is gold. I mean, it almost worked on me. It didn't even try it on me. I would have gone out there and danced. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had a great, it was a great time in Newport. I mean, it's always, it's always really fun there. And um, we had to kind of rush back because we had to get back to our girls one. But it was the first time Matthew and I had kind of left for more than one night. It was two nights um, without our kids since like almost like moving here. It feels like maybe the bye week we spent two nights away too, but you know, it was the first longer than one night kind of trip, which was nice. It was nice for us to just not have to wake up at the ass crack of dawn with kids screaming in your face. Um, and didn't Matthew start back yesterday? He did. So he started back work. So that was kind of like our last you hurrah. Know, hurrah before he started back, which side note, cannot, cannot believe that he's already started back. It's the short. Well, obviously it is the shortest off season <laughs> that you've ever had um, that we've ever had. It's also the shortest off season of the NFL because they extended the season. So it seemed 
real short. Um, but, you know, Sean McVay, his coach is great. You know, he understands that it was short and he's kind of like helping the guys out a little bit here and there so that their families aren't like, what the hell just happened? You just got home and now you're back. But, you know, is what it is. So, and it's a good problem to have. That's the problem you want. 100%. Um, so we came back Saturday morning because we took the girls, Jalen Ramsey's little girl turned one. Um, he also lives in our neighborhood. So it was easy. We just kind of took the car down. They played a little bit. Um, we celebrated her. She's so cute. And then after that, we had the Malinovitzes, which yes, it is Jewish, but they had an Easter party because the woman's Christian and, and the man is Jewish. So it is what it is. So uh, they had an Easter party and she, she kills me. This is Michelle. I talk about her all the time. Sorry. Yeah. This is Michelle and Jeff, our neighbors. They are amazing people honestly like they're our family in California and so they're having this Easter party but they're like we can't do Easter on Sunday and I was like oh okay what's going on she's like my family likes to party too much and I can't wake up Monday and be a mom so I <laughs> so I'm moving Easter so we move it to Saturday every year and I'm like oh, I respect that okay so um we go over there honestly it's it really is just uh her family and then a few others that are in the neighborhood they're competitive which I love they did a balloon toss um, with the kids that turned into a full-fledged balloon, water balloon fight. Now, there's people there that aren't expecting to be wet, um, including Anna Cup. So the adults start getting hit and not by kids. There's other adults throwing the water balloons, including my husband, Cooper, um, Jeff, all the adults, all the guys start throwing water balloons. So we're like, oh man. So Cooper hits Anna right in the tip and she's in a white tank top. <laughs> now she has a bra on, so it's okay. But she's like, are you kidding? So Cooper immediately being smart, picks up their one-year-old and is like, you can't, you can't throw a balloon at me. I'm holding our one-year-old <laughs> and is sprint. Like she is running after him. He's sprinting around with the one-year-old, like, you know, the one-year-old's head's just like bobbing around and she throws it, hits him. And I like, she's got a great arm, hits Cooper, splatters a little bit on Cyprus, their, their one-year-old. And the one-year-old starts losing it. And Cooper's like, how could you do that? How could you throw? She's like, you chose to pick him up. That's on you as a parent. That's not on me. <laughs> um, which I loved. I loved seeing the competitiveness. But everybody started getting competitive to the point where the kids got a little nervous. They were like, wait, please don't throw that. You're throwing it very hard. And to top it off, Cooper and Matthew had this same idea at the end. Like all the water balloons are gone, right? Okay, we're done with the water balloon fight. Everyone's done. Everyone got hit. We're all wet. We're all freezing at this point. And Cooper and Matthew basically at the same time, they both hid a water balloon and went after each other. And Cooper <laughs> put it down Matthew's back and smashed it in his sweatshirt. And Matthew turned around and had one in his hand and just popped it over Cooper's head. I was like, did y'all just hoard water balloons? And they looked at each other like, yeah. By the way, thought this was funny. They did personality tests for the Rams after the season. Cooper and Matthew, 97% match. Can I tell you something? That's, that's a better match than Matthew and I could even dream of. As, for sure. I mean, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we're a 97% match. I was like, okay, this is just weird. It's getting weird now. Well, do you remember when Matthew, the morning after the Super Bowl, he did that um, Cooper, I guess, calculated how many hours, hours? together? Yeah, it was insane. It's way more than we ever <laughs> spent probably in our lifetime. Together. In your entire relationship? Yeah, I'm like, okay. But obviously now we know why. They're very compatible. And then they do sack races. So like the potato sack races, which I haven't seen in years. So they did a kid's one, which I have videos all this. I'll post it. And I was so pumped for the kids. I was like, some kid's going to eat shit. It's going to be great. None of them ate shit. I was like, 
damn it. And then, which is terrible, but you know, that's what brings laughter to it. And then, um, the women went and Anna just absolutely dominated the competition. I was, you know, was she an athlete? Yes. Yeah. She was track gymnast. She, she basketball, she played everything. Um, but she absolutely dominated. I even tried to cheat and I still didn't win <laughs> by cutting corners. You weren't allowed on the cement, but I went on the cement anyways. And then um, to top it off, the guys did it after that. And I was dying laughing because I'll just say this. After the competition, Matthew looked at me and was like, I'm not going to lie. I was warming up my calves, like doing some calf raises because hell if I'm going to pop an Achilles doing a damn potato. And I was like, can you That's imagine? actually really smart. Oh. Um, but Michelle's brother, who is the neighbor who hosts, and y'all will get to know Michelle. I'm going to have her on. She's awesome. Her brother is like the reigning champ for the men's potato sack like I don't know 10 years counting and so they do the men's and Cooper I have a video it's so good Cooper gets out to a head start and the brother tries to like they both have their arms out right like their elbows are out and they're and they're hopping and Cooper just kind of gives them a little nudge to where the brother falls and Cooper wins and to be honest it was so entertaining because obviously Cooper is a competitor and is all of that but you don't get to really see it up close in person but watching him do a potato sack and take out the reigning champ like make sure he was on the ground I lost it so the Cooper or the Cups both you know dominated the potato sack game which I guess we'll have to see next year I'm gonna try way harder next year this party sounds so lit so fun you know and obviously Jeff who's Michelle's husband is handing out shots the whole time and and we're dancing and having a good time. And then, and then the kids remind you that they're there and we have to take them home. So um, we uh, we had a good time there and we went home. Like we, again, it's in the neighborhood. So it's super easy, which I love. Went home after that. And I guess like my thing is, is people drink on Easter, correct? Like it's not like frowned upon or is it frowned upon? I don't know why it would be frowned upon. Me either. But it's I also- definitely not like a drinking holiday. Yeah. Like maybe some wine or something. Right. Right. So I appreciate brunch. that she did it uh-huh. on a Saturday. Saturday. You know, that made it so like Sunday was a little more chill. Sunday we had Easter at our house. So uh, woke up. I had prepared absolutely nothing. Legit. The house is somewhat of a disaster. It's not like I have china or the table set. I'm like, okay, well, let's use like some paper plates. Um, the only thing I I know is that Chris is cooking brunch, which I can be rest assured that that thing's gonna be so bomb, no one's gonna care about eating it off of a paper plate. So I show up, or I come downstairs, I start cleaning up. I'm like, hey, Michelle, I call Michelle, I'm like, hey, can I get that bounce house that you had at your house yesterday? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's still here. Of course you can. And so Matthew and our friend Tyson from the neighborhood and Jeff roll this bounce house up. Like still blown up? Well, no, they deflate oh. it. But when you deflate it, it's heavy shit. Right. So they roll it up. They put it on a gurney. They put it in the car. They bring it all the way up to our house, get it set up. Matthew gets pissed when th- when he has to do things that... Like, he's like, what is this ad? Like, what is this going to add to the party? And I'm like, well, the kids will have something to do. And he's like, yeah, but like for how long? For five minutes when they get sick of it? So he's hot. He is not happy that he's having to lug this thing in the heat. But it's fine because that's what marriage is. It's trials and tribulations. (laughs) So I'm like, go get it. It's fine. Fighting and conquering. Yes. So we get that up. And again, he was right. They used it for like five minutes, but it's fine. So... (laughs) 
I think the one thing I love about Easter is it doesn't have to be this overdone holiday. Like it's really about, you know, rejoicing in the Lord and um, being with family or in our case, um, our California family, like it's our neighborhood family who we love to death and just like enjoying each other's company. And it doesn't have to be this over the top thing. And it wasn't, which is what I love. So Chris, I will say came, he knows me so well now. He's like, I came with like, obviously a little of decor to put within the, <laughs> the food. And I was like, Oh, you know me. He's like, I do know you. You have nothing, do you? And I was like, I have nothing. He's like, I brought not paper, but plastic prettier plates. <laughs> and I was like, great. Thank you. Love you. And everyone showed up and I was like, oh, I have nothing to drink. And I was looked at Matthew. I was like, is Easter a drinking holiday? And he's like, I think we did enough of that yesterday. So I don't think so. So I put some wine out, which barely anyone touched. So that made me think like, okay, it's not, it's not a huge drinking holiday. I can't remember. I don't remember the last time I've hosted Easter. Like I'm always going to my parents for Easter, but we were unable to make it home for this one. But I will say too, where I almost lost my shit. So we're trying, I'm trying to get this whole place set up. There's kids running around everywhere. There's a pool that's ungated, which our pool doesn't have a gate around, which is a disaster. And I know it's, we're, we're working on it. And like, there's so much to be done. And Matthew walks over with his phone and his mom and his sister are on speaker slash FaceTime. And he walks over like being like, hey, and I am in the middle of doing a million things. And I look at him, I go, get that out of my face. Like I am not, this is not the right time. What are you doing? Like we have a ton of people coming over. There's a shit ton to do. We can call him later. And he like looks at me like, hold, like, fucking relax, um, which was very right on that I should have relaxed because <laughs> I mean, it's Easter <laughs> and I'm like, get your family out of my face. And so later that night I looked at it and I was like, Hey, I'm so, or not even later that night. It was probably like 30 minutes. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just really overwhelmed in that moment. And I'm going to apologize to your mom and sister. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And I like, again, I think there are certain times where you need to be like, okay, these people are calling. Clearly it's not the right time. Let me call them back. But I will say in my husband's case, a lot of the times it happens and he'll do that. And then he forgets to call him back. So it's probably better that he answers because he's forgetful. In fact, I hunty hid my phone like all of Easter. And so I didn't even get to talk to my family on Easter. I texted my mom. I was like, mm, sorry about that. There was like miss face, you know, miss FaceTimes, all the things. And I was like, sorry, hunty hid my phone, which is something I used to do. Used to hide things and not tell my family where it was. So she, again, she's showing her colors to be, you know, very much like me. Um, did you guys do an Easter egg hunt? We did. So we did two Easter egg hunts. So they got to do one at Michelle's. And to be totally honest, I just repurposed her eggs because Michelle stuffed these eggs with like four pieces of candy each. Meanwhile, I'm over there been one, one jelly bean, one jelly bean. Like I, I was like, well, I opened one of her eggs after their hunt. I was like, Michelle. And she's like, what? I was like, how many pieces of candy did you put in the egg? She was like, Oh, I stuff them. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to be so disappointed on real Easter. Like, this is so disappointing. Um, and then she also made them baskets. Again, she's the sweetest thing, but she made all the kids baskets that showed up to us and they were far better than the Easter bunnies baskets. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and so it was hers. Yes, it was way better, but we did do two Easter egg hunts. In fact, when we did ours, all the candy melted. So it got thrown away. 
like immediately. And Cooper helped hide some of the eggs. And I think Matthew looked at him at some point and goes, Cooper, the oldest one is six. He's like burying the eggs to the point where we walked out the next day and found like seven that he had hid, like buried in the grass or buried in the dirt, which I thought was completely comical because I'm like, Cooper, literally we're going to be finding eggs for the next three months. He's like, yeah, surprise. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> it was really fun and the kids enjoyed it. We did another water balloon fight at our house. Um, it did not get as intense because we didn't let it. It was really fun. We watched a service that ended up getting interrupted by kids. So we had to watch it later, but that's, that's life, right? You can't, you know, we didn't get to go to a service. So we, Cooper and Anna had a pastor that they love from Oregon that we watched and it was really, really good half of it. Um, I still have yet to get to the second half because I don't know, there's a million things happening, which is terrible to say, like, especially on Easter. But you know what? I think Easter is also about spending time with family and and the ones you love and um, really just being grateful for the fact that we can sin and God took care of it. So Easter was awesome. I, I mean, I loved it. It was super low key and casual, which is what I love. Like people are asking what they wear. And I was like, listen, I'm like basically in sweats. So. Right. You weren't doing like pastel dresses for Easter. No, I, you know, I, um, no. I mean, they look, the girls looked cute and then they got right in their bathing suit. So it was kind of a waste of time, but you know, it's whatever. But, you know, I will say like listening, I, I rarely get, I rarely go to church and it's something that I want to get better at. I do listen to some, I do stream some, but the, the sense of peace after like listening to a pastor and understanding that, you know, you really don't have control in this life that you just have to believe and, and things will be taken care of and, you know, shitty things might happen, but it's all for a reason. And I know that's hard to believe, but um, to hear like people say it over and over again, you, you get this sense of peace that you really can't control anything. Talking about sense of peace, I wanted to say too, Easter was on a Sunday. The other thing that was on a Sunday was um, my anniversary to my brain surgery. And I wanted to get into that a little bit because, you know, th these monumental things that happen in your life, like that was very monumental. That was life-changing for me. As years go on, things start to fill that space, right? Like there's other things that have happened in our life now to the point where I did not remember my anniversary of my brain. It's only been three years. And um, the only reason I even like remembered was because we were sitting on the couch after everyone had left and I pulled up my phone and pulled up Time Hop, which if you don't have that app, I love that app. I think we talked about it before. We talked about how obsessed we are with Time Hop. It's incredible. So I pulled it up and I see that there's my my picture right after I got out of brain surgery. And um, I posted it because I just, you know, I don't know. I, I like to also remember, you know, everything I've been through. But Matthew, as I'm posting it, looks over and was like, what are you doing? And looks at my phone. He was like, oh my God. He was like, I am so sorry. He's like, I can't believe I forgot. And I go, babe, don't apologize. I said, to be honest, I almost forgot. Like I, I wouldn't have remembered unless I, unless I had this app, which I, I mean, I find it amazing that even if you go through hell like that, that life continues and you continue to make different memories and different moments become more important, which is something to be grateful for. Like, I don't want to sit there and dwell on it. Now, every year when April 17th rolls around, you know, maybe I'll remember it. Maybe I won't. 
but that doesn't change the fact of what I've been through. So I think it was something like the finding that peace with what has happened and not dwelling on it, but just kind of continuing forward. Um, and I think that really reminded me of how much I have moved on, you know, like I almost didn't remember the anniversary of my brain surgery. And that's a big deal. Again, I mean, it was on Easter, so there might've been another reason why I probably would have forgotten, but I don't know. I just think it is better that things are, and that's God's hand. You know, he's, he's making different moments to remember. It's not, it's not all going to be a day, a terrible day that you remember. It's more the days after and, and how things start to take place of those, you know, tougher moments. So I believe it's totally okay to move on, basically take the good that you learn from the situation and remember the good and I don't know, just the good for us, what we took is that we grew stronger in every aspect of life, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, not only as individuals and understanding and as a couple, but as a family. So, um, you know, and I think that's, again, I think that's all God's work. Like, you know, yeah, that was a terrible thing that happened. And we ask, why did terrible things happen to good people? And I'm not saying I'm a good person, but that's the question that's always asked. It's because later you find these, you find these triumphs and the triumph being that, yeah, I almost forgot about it. And I think that's a triumph. I think that's because life has been full of so many, many other trials or so many other exciting things that you replace the the hard things with memories of that. So um, I just thought that was a really interesting, you know, moment for Matthew and I to where we both kind of said, okay, well, it's in the past. It's something that you thought you might never get through. And now it's almost kind of like a distant memory. Yeah. And it's, again, it's a memory that will forever be with me, but it's, it's not something I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, well, April 17th is coming. So everyone get ready to say happy anniversary. And I say anniversary because it's a acoustic neuroma. So they say A-N warrior. So it's your anniversary kind mm, of situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and and that, that goes for everything in life. I mean, yeah, you triumph of having a baby. And then that memory gets replaced by cleaning up shit. And then that memory gets replaced by them telling them they love you for the first time. I mean, like, so it, it just, that's life, you know? And and when Matthew was like, I'm so sorry I forgot, I, I looked at him and I said, I, don't ever apologize that you forget. Like, it's not like we actually forget. Yeah, you might have forgotten the date or that you said something, but you never forget what we went through. And also, speaking of moving on, y'all, this is going to be hard for me to talk about. Marley, my dog. So we had two dogs in Michigan. Champ tragically passed. Um, he had a tumor sitting on his spleen that ruptured. Um, when was so that? It was quick. Uh, it was the, I think Matthew, I think it was in September of his last year. Okay. And so it was quick. Um, it was really hard. Obviously those are your kids before you have kids and it was hard, but it was, it was quick. Now, moving on, I, I didn't think Marley was going to make it much longer because Marley immediately, they've been together their whole life. So Marley like stopped eating. She was depressed. And I thought she was just oh, going to go with him. Um, yeah. Turns out she bounced back after like losing 20 pounds and a month of like not eating. I didn't know what to do. And the vet was like, you got to let her cope. And I'm like, oh. She's going to be malnutrition, but that, that is what it is. Um, and she kind of bounced back, but we moved here. She's been great. Um, every vet I take her to is like, God, she has blood work like a seven-year-old. She's about to be 14. So she's old. And just like her mom, she was coming down the stairs and she fell and she slipped all the way down. Not all the way, like maybe like six stairs and she couldn't get up. And this was two weeks ago. And I immediately took her to the emergency vet. You know, dogs are hard. We always say we don't deserve dogs. And 
you know, she, nothing was broken. She's always had bad arthritis in her hips and in her back. Um, nothing was broken. And so she was like, you need to go get an MRI because it might be like nerve or, or tendon or whatever. So take her to the MRI. Doctor, the MRI. Wow. Her MRI looks great. I can't believe she's about to be 14. This looks like a six-year-old dog. And I was like, what? She was like, she's got really bad arthritis. But other than that, she looks great. I'm like, she can't get up. She was like, yeah, that's probably the arthritis. And I'm like, okay, well, we're, and I'm bawling on the way to the other vet because I'm, this is it. They're going to tell me there's no hope. We got to put her down and all the things. So they tell they give me this like collar thing and she has gotten stronger, but she's still not the same dog, right? She's, she's old and she's still happy that tail still wags every time my girls walk through the door and you know they love on her and we all love on her but there's the situation of are we keeping her alive for us or for her and that's where we're at which usually you know the answer when you're having to ask the question um so that's probably gonna be um sorry y'all I've just had her my whole like basically my whole adult life um I got her when Matthew left to go to college, I got Marley. And so, you know, that decision is going to have to be made here soon because I just don't know if she's living a life, you know, like she has to bark at me for me to help her up. Now, when she's up, she's fine. Um, but we have to carry her up the stairs and, you know, that gets, it gets a lot. We have four kids too. So it's just, she's already independent, but now she's very dependent. So, um, Again, that's that's a decision that we're going to have to try and make here soon. And, um, you know, we're preparing the girls a little bit, just saying she's had a really good life. She's old. And, yeah. um, you know, she'll be she'll get to go to heaven with Champ. And, um, you know, because they knew Champ. But anyways, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Dogs are tough. Um, it's never easy when when a dog dies. It's like it's like losing a child. A child. Yeah. And it's not because obviously it's, we've yeah. been with someone who's lost a child. But, um, you know, for what it is, it's it's hard. Like it's a lot almost, of love. Yes. And so I, again, talking about like I almost, and this is terrible to say, but I almost wish something like happen quick, you know, so it's not like we're sitting here trying to decide on what to do. And I, and I know it's coming. Um, so y'all just say a little prayer for our family if you can, but yeah, so I'll update you guys on that. Sorry. God bless. Oh, don't be sorry. Okay. It's really hard. And then moving on again, <laughs> good, the bad, the hunting. So this will be a good segue. We'll laugh about this. <laughs> so we go every Tuesday. There is a farmer's market in our neighborhood which is awesome. It's the most expensive farmer's market you've ever fucking been to. Um, which aren't farmer's markets supposed to be cheap? Am I, am I like... Not in LA. Yeah, not in LA and definitely not in our neighborhood. So we go down there. They have food trucks there all the time, which is fun. You can take the kids for dinner. Um, and so we plan to do that with the cups. And so we go down there. We grab pizza. There's a little playground. There's a million kids there, which is awesome. And they're all playing. And so I look at mine like, hey, I'm going to go look at the market real quick. I'll be right back. And Matthew's already in the market. I'm like going to find him to make sure he's gotten the food ordered and like, so we're going to eat at a reasonable time. And this man hollers at me from, he's like, excuse me. And I, and I turn around, he's like, are you Kelly? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, mm, I think your daughter is having a little trouble in the bathroom. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Hunter, is it Hunter? And I was like, okay. Yeah. He was like, yeah, she's, she needs help in the bathroom. And my immediate, my immediate response is I've been gone for two minutes and you are already causing trouble. Are you lying? And I'm like, wait, are you sure it's, are you sure it's hunty? And he was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's hunty. She said her mom's name is Kelly. <laughs> 
And I was like, okay. And then my second thought was, how do you know my little girl is struggling in the bathroom? And so I look at him and I'm like, well, are you sure it's a girl hunter? And he was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, and I didn't mean to be rude. I was like, well, how do you know? She went into the boys. And he goes, she's in the men's restroom trying to figure out how to sit on a urinal. And I was like, <laughs> oh. So Matthew looks at me and is like, I ain't on that. I'm like, I can't go in the men's bathroom. And he's like, yes, you can. And so I like sprint over there and I, over there I go, hunty. And she goes, and she like, you know, like the trouble. She's like, uh-huh. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, why are these potties different? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, did you touch the potties? And she was like, no, like with the wide eyes. No. And I was like, hunty, did you touch the potties? She was like, and like says yes. I'm like, oh my God. So I immediately am like, obviously washing her hands as best I can. I'm dousing her in hand sanitizer all over her body. And I'm like, Hunter, you know the signs on the doors? Yeah, one has a skirt and one doesn't. You go to the one that has skirts because that's the woman's bathroom. This is the boy's bathroom. And she was like, oh. And I was like, okay, so do we need to move on and go to the other potty? She's like, no, I went. I'm like, what What do you mean you went? She was like, I went on the other potty. I'm like, the boy's potty? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, in the stall? And she goes, no. The thing on the wall. I was like, oh my God, did you sit on it? And she was like, mm. and I literally stripped her down, took the soap. I didn't tell anybody this. I was so embarrassed. Wiped her entire backside oh. and then put hand sanitizer on the back of her body. <laughs> I was at, so I'm sure that man walked out of the stall or what, and she was sitting on the <laughs> urinal and he was probably like, mm. What's your mom's name? She wasn't like, I need help. My mom's Kelly. She, he's like, hey, what's your mommy's name? Oh, my. Mortified. Absolutely mortified. And I'm sure that guy is giggling to himself, you know, of course. And Matthew doesn't. Like, it was the whole scenario of the whole thing and a million people there. And I just, you know, of course, I was like, Hunter, when is there going to be a week without you doing something crazy? She's like, eh. I mean, but that's why we have a segment called Good Bad Hunting because every week it is freaking something. She's going to grow up and she's going to have these podcasts to listen to about all of her, uh, all of her things. <laughs> yeah. And she'll be like, I'm never having kids. Cause if I was like that, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was like the funny story with, that's I hilarious. Guess, yeah. And then, um, the girls, of course, when I walked out of the bathroom and was like frustrated, they're like, mommy, what's wrong? So, well, your sister went to the boys bathroom. They're like, Oh no, honey, you do not go into the boys restroom. That's where their private parts are. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> Can we just go? I just need to go get y'all's pizza. We need to get the hell out of here because who knows what's going to happen next. But yeah, it was uh, quite the moment there with Hunter, as it always is. Um, I've already had good, bad, the hunty for next week. So I'll share that next week. But um, it tends to just keep on piling on with her. I'm not real sure. And I really feel like we're going to have like the spicy Tyler here in a little bit because she's a disaster. So I love it. Also wanted to point out really quickly. So the neighbors I talked to you about, Michelle and Jeff, Jeff is um, one of the largest growers of cannabis in California. And he's actually starting a podcast that's called the Chronicles of and their first guest. They're recording it tonight. I'll let you guys know on my podcast when it comes out, but it's the Chronicles of and their first guest is Antonio Brown. So I will let you guys know. I know it should be very interesting. I was wondering what Jeff did, but I didn't want to ask you on air, but now I know. There you know. Yeah, he's very, very successful in the cannabis industry. He's also just a really good dude. They're cool. I've met them, I think, twice now. They're so nice. She is like the tiniest woman I've ever seen. She's so cute. I know. Matthew loves the hug. He's like, I love hugging her because it's just like the smallest 
person ever. <laughs> but uh, also, Jeff was the first person we met in the neighborhood. Oh, Yeah, he came up to us. We had our mask. Matthew was in the bathroom. Same playground where Hunty was. Um, same bathroom as well that Matthew was in, that Hunty was in. But uh, I was sitting there with my girls, and we had just moved in. We had our mask on and all these things. And he came over, and he was like, hi, um, I don't feel like I know you. And I was like, okay. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's probably the wrong way to say it. He's like, so my we have a soccer thing for kids our age every Saturday, like when COVID started. So if you want to, are you new here? And I was like, we are new here. He was like, if you want to bring the kids, you know, I'm sure like my wife will introduce you to some people or whatever. And if we were back in Michigan, we would have said hell no. We would have been like, yeah, thank you. So nice of you. But no, thank you. And here I was like, oh, we're going. And it was so good because we went and all the parents were like over in one corner drinking while their kids were playing soccer with an instructor. <laughs> it was kind of just like it. an opportunity for the parents to get together and then for the kids to uh, be taken care of by somebody else. So yep. I was like, oh, yes, this is great. This is my type of neighborhood. Um, but that's how we first met Jeff and Michelle. And that relationship has just, I mean, flourished. They've been to every, they came to every game with me. I thoroughly enjoy their com- uh, company, but Jess Podcast, I will let you guys know when that airs because I think it'll be really funny and you guys will love Jeff once you hear him on this podcast too. <laughs> okay, let's do just three rapid fire to close us out. Lego. Um, what's your favorite personality trait about each of the girls? Oh, okay. Chandler's very loving. Like she just wants to love on you. She wants to know she is, which I don't, you know, I don't love that she needs like, you know, a person saying she's doing it great, but she does. Um, but she's just always very loving, very touchy. You can tell one of her five language, love languages is physical touch. Sawyer, she blows my mind of how smart she is. Like she, she really is. And I don't know if it's comparative or whatever, um, but it is what it is. She is art- so artistic and she's very bright. And I think she just like wows me every day. Like, I feel like every day she comes home and says something. and I'm like, where did you learn this stuff? And then Hunter is for sure her spice. Like, I mean, the personality, <laughs> it's the, it's like the whole personality. Um, you either take it or leave it. Cause she's not gonna, she's not gonna give you like a couple positives and a couple negatives. It's like, you either take me or leave me, which I love that about her. And you know, she's never had a bad day. Hunter's never had a bad day. So I love, I love her love for life. And then Tyler, (laughs) um, Tyler, 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 let me think on you. Well, I love the fact that she does not let anyone mess with her. You know, she is for sure. She's like her mom. Yeah, there you go. She's for sure the baby. I'm sure she's going to be very protective of her older sisters, you know, who might be a little more vulnerable. But she's strong, man. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. She's just strong and will not let anyone mess with her. Love it. Yeah. That's a good answer. One piece of advice for a mom whose son is entering the NFL draft. Ooh. Well, I don't have it. I've never had a son entering the NFL draft. I know, but you've been through this process. Yeah. Well, kind of from afar. Um, (laughs) Wasn't there. Yeah. Wasn't invited, but that's okay. Um, Water under the bridge. So my one piece of advice, I think Margaret did such an incredible job, first off, in raising her son, her and John. But secondly, like you see a lot of NFL parents trying to get in the spotlight with their uh, children. I think the biggest thing that I'd say is to remember that this is their time. It is not yours. Now they might owe you, right? Quote unquote owe you, but you're also the parent. It's your job to raise these men. So they technically don't owe you either. And Margaret did such an, like she was just the most graceful, most beautiful thing for her son to be picked over first overall. She just sat and like looked beautiful. I don't know. She just did it right. She didn't make it about her. Exactly. And I think that's the main thing I'd say to anyone whose family or 
kids are entering any kind of professional sports. I know it's harder said than done. I don't have um, a kid that's entering, you know, a pro thing. But I think that's like what I take away from watching the draft now compared to what I saw with Margaret is sometimes the families tend to make it not about the actual child. So that's what I would say. That's a great piece of advice because you do see that you do. a lot. Yeah. What's the biggest difference between LA fans and Detroit fans? Okay, well, <laughs> it's very different. Very, very different. LA fans, um, Rams fans in particular, like I would say because a lot of people move here, there's not a lot of like diehards that have grown up with the Rams, especially because they moved, right? They're in St. Louis. So they have been kind of back and forth, back and forth, starting in LA, you know, just kind of moving back and forth. So it's hard to create this fan base with this like loyalty and like, oh, my dad's dad watched the Rams and then he did and then he introduced, you know, there's... In Detroit, that's all there is because these people grew up with Lions football and Lions football has been there. I don't even I I can't even tell you since when. And so generations and generations and they're loyal and they're loud even when you don't want them to be. But they'll always show up. And I think, you know, if L.A., if we were not good, I, I don't know if that would be the case here. So I think like the loyalty aspect when it comes to fans is big. And I think Detroit fans have always, I mean, we sucked and they were still loyal. So, I mean, you can see it with their loyalty to Matthew. They felt like the Super Bowl run was their Super Bowl run. They're the freaking best. But Detroit's also like a huge sports town and LA is, if you're good, LA has everything. So like, if you're good, everyone wants to go where the hot ticket is. Yeah, exactly. And I just do feel like, you know, everyone moves here. So they have their teams back where they came from. Totally. And that's what they root for. And that's totally fine. I love the loyalty to that. But I think that's where you get a little bit dicier fans here just because there's not as many like that grew up with it. Totally. Watch the Rams kind of situation. 100%. Yeah. All right. That was fun. Another podcast in the book. I'm heading to Detroit Thursday. So excited. Um, Friday is our uh, groundbreaking of our rec- the addition to the rec center. Um, I can't wait to see everybody. Just I don't know. It's going to be so fun, and it's going to be kind of sad, you know. Like it's it was home for so long, and we're going to go back, and then we're going to have to leave again. And and leaving's always sad. So um, hoping the weather turns around before we get there, <laughs> or else that shovel will not break the ground. It'll bounce off of it. So yeah, it'll. I'm excited. And then the week after that, we go to Stagecoach for a day. Also, after we get back from Detroit, talk will be in studio. Y'all, you were incredible. The amount of emails I received, I'm still going through them. Um, I'm going to hit the high points. It's probably going to be a longer podcast with Tata just because she's so intelligent on all these topics um, and I want to make sure you know she hits the high points but we will have her on again if it gets too long so just tune in next week and um, you know if you especially if you submitted questions she has so a wealth of knowledge in these topics so um, excited for that and I think y'all are going to love her as much as I do so it'll be fun can't wait alrighty we're going to close this one up um, I hope you guys had a good Easter and uh, sorry for the delay in this I had the migraine from hell and it just was not going to work um, so I appreciate y'all's patience but until next week ready one two three right, right you know. Know.